You're listening to the Coaching Matrix Private Podcast. All right. So first I wanted, I was thinking about you guys and I realized I never told you like why I named this the coaching matrix, which is like kind of late to the game, but the, and I wanted to read the definitions because this is how I see you guys. So the definition of matrix is an environment or material in which something develops a surrounding medium or structure. And then I actually really like the second definition, which is a mass of fine grained rock in which gems, crystals, or fossils are embedded. And that's how I see you guys. I see you guys as amazing human beings. And, um, people who decide to commit their life to coaching. Like I know a lot about you guys. And so I, I hope that this is a place for you to feel your worth, to go out and do your work um, so that you can be prosperous and m- impact and serve the people that you feel called to serve. And um, that's why I named it the matrix. I wanted to be like a little place where you are developed in whatever ways you need to be developed um, to live your highest purpose and in, in service of others, but also like to create your own prosperity for your family, to live a life of meaning. And so I wanted to share that with you because I realized I never really shared why I named it the matrix. It sounds super cool, right? Like it's a, it's a cool name, but I named it on purpose because I want to empower you guys. And so this conversation today about time, it's not super sexy. You guys like organizing time and um, the way that we're going to talk about it I know it's not a super sexy conversation, but it creates sexy results. It creates a life of meaning and presence and joy. It also creates prosperity and wealth and money and clients when you use your time well. And so I first heard this, I'm going to share a few resources in case you guys are book nerds like me and want to check them out. Some of you have probably read these books. I've talked about them before. The first time I heard the word nonlinear time was from Steve Chandler, who wrote a book called Time Warrior. And in that book, he talks about how we think of time with our human minds as like chronological, right? Like first I need to do this and then I need to do this. If I'm not organized, I need to become organized. I need to do things in the future um, that will make me organized, right? Like that being organized exists in the future. And what he talks about in the book is like basically everything needs to be brought into the now. The next book I'm going to talk about is The Power. That one's on my Kindle, so I can't hold it up. But this one, The Power of Now. How many of you have read this book? Will you put it in the comments? This is a really, this is one of my first like really transformational, like spiritual enlightenment type books that I read. And it it still is something that I refer to because Eckhart Tolle is like the master of of now, right? Like he teaches a lot. I've read it. Awesome. Of course you have. I love that you read the books I do. It's so awesome. Um, And he talks about presence. And I'm actually going to read an excerpt from the book today. Because when you understand how to use this now moment, non-linear, right? You're not doing sequencing. You're living totally present. You can get super productive. You'll stop procrastinating. I mean, all, all the amazing things come when you learn how to master this, this moment. And one of the um, things that I want to share with you is like everything that you think you're going to do in the future doesn't exist, right? Like the future isn't, isn't something that you can hold. Like if I were to say, bring me a cup of your future, like you can't, you can't, right? It's something that's conceptual. And so nonlinear brings it into this moment and all our power to change, all our power to sign clients, to grow our business, to be a student, to live the life that we want to live, even to experience like joy and prosperity and success happens now. It doesn't happen in the future. And you guys all have heard me talk about the be, do, have model. And this is where really where we get to master it is when I say be, who are you being? It's always in the now. You can't be something in the future. You can only be something now. And even when we get what we want, we're gonna experience it like we're experiencing the present moment. It's the only thing that we can really master. And so I'm gonna read from this book first. There's a, just a, a short excerpt that um, blows my mind, but um, especially for entrepreneurs where we're ambitious, we have goals, we have big things we wanna create. This blew my mind. (laughs) He says, waiting is a state of mind. Basically, it means that you want the future. You don't want the present. You don't want what you've got and and you want what you haven't got. With every kind of waiting, you unconsciously create inner conflict between your here and now, where you don't want to be in the projected future where you want to be. This greatly reduces the quality of your life by making you lose the present. 
There is nothing wrong with striving to improve your life situation. You can improve your life situation, but you cannot improve your life. Life is primary, being. That's how I would say it, your being. Life is your deepest inner being. He is, there you go, got it from him. (laughs) It is already whole, complete, perfect. Your life situation consists of your circumstances and your experiences. There is nothing wrong with setting goals and striving to achieve things. The mistake lies in using it as a substitute for the feeling of life, for being. The only point of access for that is the now. You are then like an architect who pays no attention to the foundation of a building, but spends a lot of time working on the superstructure. For example, many people are waiting for prosperity. It cannot come in the future. When you honor, acknowledge, and fully accept your present reality, where you are, who you are, what you are doing now, when you fully accept what you have got, you are grateful for what you have have got, grateful for what is, grateful for being. Gratitude for the present moment and the fullness of life now is true prosperity. It cannot come in the future. Then in time, that prosperity manifests for you in various ways. If you are dissatisfied with what you, with what you have got or even frustrated or angry about your present lack, that may motivate you to become rich. But even if you do make millions, you will continue to experience the inner condition of lack. And deep down, you will continue to feel unfulfilled. You may have many exciting experiences that money can buy, but they will come and go and always leave you with an empty feeling and the need for further physical or psychological gratification. You won't abide in being and so feel the fullness of life now. That alone is true prosperity. That I read that early in my that line early in my business. And I was what I was experiencing at that point was like everything's gonna be better in the future and my life sucks right now. I bet you guys um have experienced some level of that where you think you get exposed to ideas and you have goals and you're you're introduced to this concept of like creating this epic life of creating money and clients and prestige or success or whatever your version of that is. And our, our brain will make it seem like it's better there. And we know this as coaches that it's not, but for some reason, I feel like entrepreneurs, sometimes we forget that in the day-to-day grind of building our business, that like the point of having a business is to enjoy the building. And something that he talked about was like the means to an end. We, we just see our business building and signing clients as a means to an end. But if we always leave, live our life trying to get to the end, we miss the good stuff. You see what I'm saying? And so for me, this is a huge wake up call. I, if you've read the book, Abby, I think you've read it. Yeah. I see that. Um, like, you know, this is our work is to have an amazing quality of life and achieve goals. And I think that that's what the beautiful thing we do as coaches is, is we help people either or both with their quality of life or with achievement. And both are benefited from the study of nonlinear time of being so present in the now that like the future isn't primary. Your life now is primary. And so I just want to take a second, and this is going to be for me too. I'm going to have you put your, (laughs) I don't usually do this, but this is really good for us. Put your hands on your heart. If you're listening, if you, if you're driving, don't do it. Um, (laughs) keep driving, but if you, um, are at your desk or on your couch or in your office or whatever, put your hands on your heart, close your eyes if it feels right. We're just going to take a few deep breaths and get present. It's one thing to talk about it, another thing to feel it. Go ahead and breathe in and breathe out. One more time. Breathe in and breathe out. And just notice What's going on with you when that happens? I know my brain can go up a jillion miles per hour. I talk fast too, because this is like, I just think really fast. And when I do exercises like that, just breathing, I only did it quickly. There's a different experience that happens in your body. And that's, that's really what nonlinear time is about is this experience, right? Of our life. And so one of the things that I feel like is my secret weapon for why I've enjoyed my business so much is that I love like thinking and creating a post as much as I do when I see money hit my account. I like the whole thing because I'm here for it. And um, one of the things, actually a few of you were at um, Katie Borland's retreat and I shared a story about um, before I really understood this principle of enjoying my quality of life while I was creating success 
I made mistakes. I, um, I remember this one, one day it will be burned in my mind forever. I didn't have a nanny at the time. And so I would work during my daughter's nap. And I actively chose to be on a coaching call and I could hear her crying in her crib like the whole time because she actually never fell asleep for a nap. And when I picked her up, I had just signed this most amazing client. Like I was like so excited to be her coach and um, she's super successful. She really liked my work. And I was like, really like, this is it. This is the success I've been striving for. And then when I went and picked up my baby Riley, who's now four, um, out of her crib and she was just, you know, just in hysterics. Cause I just let her cry to finish my coaching call. I feel, I still feel a little shame. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good to think back on that. And, um, I missed it. I missed this nonlinear time of like success versus presence of being and being who I wanted to be and making choices, not just for success, not just for achievement, but for a quality of life that I actually wanted. And I, if I had to guess, you all have your own stories of this principle in action where we miss our life for the future, which doesn't exist. Our life is happening now. And so nonlinear time is a really important message for me as a, as a client, myself, as a, as a mom, as a wife, as a human. I think that especially entrepreneurs, we get into this trap of like, it's better in the future. I got to work for it. I'm working so that. I got to make this post so that I can sign a client instead of really enjoying making a post. You see what I mean? Instead of writing an email so that you can launch something, it's like, do you love the process of writing an email? Because if you're just trying to get to the next thing, you're going to miss the wisdom and the presence that's available in this moment. And so um, it's like I said in the beginning, it's not super sexy, but it does create all the results because one of the things that I think is a very valuable asset in what we have to offer our clients is presence. And if you think through that, when you're on a call with your client, you're totally devoted to them during that hour or that half hour or whatever the length of your sessions are, where do they get that? When is the last time you got undivided attention for an hour from anyone? <laughs> in your personal life, right? Maybe 15 minutes here and there, maybe you go see a movie together, but it's, you know, their attention's divided. We have such a gift to offer people because we have our presence. That's something that's practiced. That doesn't just happen on a client call. You see what I mean? This, this ability, this self-mastery happens at the dinner table when you're waiting in line, when you're trying to talk to your spouse or your friend or your kid. Are you half in, half out? And for me, this is like for me too, because I catch myself all the time waiting for something and I just like pull my phone or, you know, my kids are playing downstairs and I just check or whatever. And my attentions get split instead of really being present in what I'm doing. And I think it's a, it's a form of like, almost like meditation or like a process of mastery. This is why artists, they say that they're in the zone, right? Another word for this is flow, but that's something that you can access when you're doing the dishes. It's something that you can access when you're making a post, when you're on a coaching call, um, there's a certain quality to it. And I'm just going to give you some examples, even not in our industry, the people who can be the most present, the most here get paid the most. When you go to a concert, this is the example that, that I kept thinking of when you go to a concert, and it's, they're a good singer. Like I'm thinking of like people who win it. Like I'm thinking of Celine Dion. Okay. That's like the person that popped into my head. I don't know why. <laughs> when you watch her sing, she is all there. She is not holding back. She's not thinking about the crowd and what they think of her. She's not thinking about what she's made for lunch. <laughs> she is there totally present using her voice, using her skill set in that moment. And she gets paid really well. If you think about, I'm trying to think of other like coaches in the industry, like Tony Robbins comes to mind when he's on stage or when I watch a YouTube video from him, even when he's posting on social media, there's a certain quality to it because he's really here. You know what I'm saying? And think about the people that you like to be around. Are they half in, half out when they're with you or are they really with you? They're probably really with you. My friends that I love to talk to are really with me. The best conversations I have with Wesley are when we're really there with each other. The best kinds of conversations I have with my girls is when I'm really there for them. Like my girls are really quick to call me out too, because I, it's something that I practice. And so when I don't, when I make a mistake, when I'm 
you know, scrolling and they ask me a question because this happens. I like, they're like, mom, mom, right? Oh, hi, honey. What do you need? You know, like what's, what's going on? They, they show me, they reflect back to me, my lack of presence in my own life. And that's something that's a, a danger on social media. Even though we use our social media to build our businesses, there's this flip side where we can become unconscious of our life. We can get totally like sleepwalking comes to mind where we don't even realize like what we're doing. We're here. I went to a um, conference this weekend by Sean Whalen, who's crazy, <laughs> but very he, like he, anyway, he's very interesting. He's a very interesting man. And some of the things he talked about was like that he thinks about his own death every single day. Cause it makes him sharper, a sharper parent, a sharper leader, sharper husband. And I was thinking about that that like our own death can educate and inspire us to live, not just to achieve, but to live. And what's ironic about that is the more you live, the higher quality your content will be, the higher quality your conversations will be, and then you will create the success that you want in the future because you got so good at this now moment. And so there's another book that I'm going to read that I talk about all the time. It's The Big Leap. If you haven't read it or studied it, like I highly recommend it. And in the back, so he talks a lot about upper limit problems throughout the book, but at the end of the book, he talks about this concept called Einstein time, which is this idea that time comes from us because of our, our presence, our consciousness. And I really like that idea. So one of the stories that a lot of people have is that they don't have time. And what's funny is, is like that story has served us for a purpose. If that's you, I know I used to say that I don't have time. I have two little kids at the time I was reading this. I had two little kids and I have three. And um, like, I always just felt like I was running places. Like I don't have time to do my post. I have to change diapers. I have to make food, all this stuff. And then when I read that, it was like, time comes from me. I had to really sit with that. Maybe you do too. <laughs> I had to like really sit. What does that even mean? Time comes from me, you know? But what I've learned is it really comes from presence because the easy example that I think he talks about in the book even is like the difference between a minute putting your fingers on a hot stove, a minute feels like eternity versus a minute at a, a fun concert or doing something you enjoy goes really fast. And so what I love about that is that it shows you, it demonstrates how time isn't real. It's how we experience time that is real and we have control of that. So I'm going to just, we're going to get to three questions that he asks in the book. I'm going to read some more <laughs> because it's so good. Like their words are better than mine. So he says, when we switch to Einstein time, we take charge of the amount of time we have. We realize that we're where time comes from. We embrace this liberty, liberating insight. Since I'm the producer of time, I can make as much of it as I need. By getting the truth of the statement, we make a major adjustment in ourselves. We heal the dualistic split embedded in the Newtonian relationship with time or um, chronological, if you want to think about it that, that way, like there's a set amount. We are no longer in an, an us versus them relationship with time. We're the source of time. And by realizing that fact, we become the truth of it. It takes practice and keen awareness to master this concept. I'll show you how to make the most of it, of your practice and what to focus your awareness on. If all of this sounds mysterious and elusive, just remember, so did driving a car before you could do it. When I first sat in the driver's seat as a kid, I was sure I could never figure out all those complicated moves. I did though, and you did too. If you can do that, you can master Einstein time. It's like driving, but with no car. <laughs> I'll be blunt here, just as blunt as when I'm confronting limitations in my own mind. Quit thinking time is out there. Take ownership of time. Acknowledge that you are where it comes from and it will stop owning you. Claim time as yours and it will release its claim on you. The best way I found to do that is to become nimble at asking a specific question. And we're going to talk, he phrases the, the question three different ways and we're going to talk about each of them after this. The best way I found to do that, oh, the question allows you to seize the controls of your time in your life. There's no trick to this process. You could probably take ownership of time without the question simply by claiming time is yours to invent as you wish. You could do it by saying something to, you, to yourself like, I acknowledge that I'm the source of time. It sounds weird, but I did this because I really had a hard time understanding what he meant. So I would like look in the mirror and be like, I'm, and I would chuckle because like, this is so weird. I'm the source of time. And at first it felt like, and this is kind of like all beliefs, right? Like at first it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but the more you say it and the more you look in your eyes and you really feel the truth of it, that's when things get fun. So I wake up, I, I, I think a few of you have told this story too, like 
back in, when I was a new mom and trying to build this business, I had like 15 minutes during the day. Like that's pretty much what I had. That's what it felt like anyway. And so I was like, okay, I have 15 minutes. How can I expand that to be what I need to build my business? How can I use this 15 minutes? And so this is, was really relevant to me. I am where time comes from. And I still remember, like, I can remember the way my bathroom looked because I was in a different house then and just a different situation. And I remember when it started to, like, feel true. Like, I would say it with power. Like, I'm where time comes from. And so now when my grandma calls me and I don't answer and she's like, oh, I know you're so busy. But like, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm just the master. Like, I don't say I'm the master of my time, grandma. <laughs> but I'm just, no, no, I'm not. This is just when I could call you back. Because I'm speaking into existence that I'm not busy. I'm the creator of time. If I ever I feel busy, I've just forgotten this truth, right? And so um, I encourage you to do that. Look in the mirror. If you struggle with this, some of you guys are probably masters of this, but some of you might be listening to this like, huh, Einstein time, weird. <laughs> and so I'm going to talk about the three questions that he asks that, that are good coaching questions, good for you to do as a client, good for you to do with your, with your clients, where in my life am I not taking full ownership? And then another way to ask it is, what am I trying to disown? And the last one, what aspect of my life do I need to take full ownership of? Those are kind of pointed questions. Um, and then his, I'm going to read one more paragraph because he speaks so well to it. The answer is always blindingly obvious, <laughs> but we can't see it until we get humble enough to ask the question. Here's the principle behind the question. Stress and conflict are caused by resisting acceptance and ownership. If there's any part of ourselves or our lives that we're not fully willing to accept, we will experience stress and friction in that area. The stress will disappear the moment we accept that part and claim ownership of it. At that moment, the disowned part of us is embraced into the wholeness of ourselves. And from that place of wholeness, miracles are born. And you guys know I'm all about miracles. So if you haven't read this book, and you know I've talked about it a bunch, go read it. Or if you haven't read it in a while, go reread it because it is a mind trip. This whole idea of presence and Einstein time and being a time warrior, like nonlinear, like Steve Chandler talks about, like it feels conceptual until you live it. And then it's not a concept. Like this stuff to me is not a concept. I've felt it. And it's really the other thing that they don't talk about in the books that I have experienced, this is from me, is like, it's very vulnerable. It feels scary because when you get present with your kids, you feel how much you love them. When you get present to whatever problems you have in your life, you feel where you've neglected it, where you haven't taken ownership. And it feels that's where all the negative emotions live, shame, guilt, frustration, grief, um, powerlessness. Those things live there. And until we are willing to go into it, to be vulnerable, those things live there and we act them out subconsciously, right? And that's why coaching is so powerful is because we, we go in with our flashlight, we shine a light on all this stuff. And one of the power thing, powerful things that we do as coaches is that we get present to these things with our clients, right? We force them to be present. And one of the things I learned from Rich Litvin is that we can only go as deep with our clients as we're willing to go with ourselves. When I talk to my, my family, I'm very open about the stuff that I'm working on. And they're always like, you're so self-aware. I'm like, I have to be, <laughs> it's my job. Because if I need to go deep with a client, how could I do that work if I haven't gone deep with myself? So this is my invitation to you is to go deep. The reason that we resist presence is because there's stuff we don't either want to see or take ownership of, like he talks about in the big leap. And it, whatever, like even the positive, like I remember, um, coaching someone who wasn't super connected in her marriage and she wouldn't get present with him because she was so afraid to, it sounds weird, but she was so afraid to feel the love for him that was there because it had been years since she felt it. And so this can be about good things too, like love for your kids, love for your life. It can also be fear. Maybe there's fear there. So you don't want to get present to it. So you get busy scrolling or you exercise or you watch a YouTube video, right? We do these things to numb presence because presence reveals truth. And so I think it's very valuable for you to spend time being present. What this looks like for me, I do this every day. I sit in this chair <laughs> and I just sit and be totally present. And it is hard. It is really hard still to be totally here. And this is where meditation is really powerful. I think it's because 
it's almost like this was the way when I started meditating, someone explained like, imagine you're sitting at the bottom of the lake and the thoughts are like the speedboat at the top of the surface and you can watch it, but you just let it go. That's being present. And one of the other things that Eckhart Tolle teaches is like, that as soon as you realize you're not present, you've gotten present, right? And so my, I sit in this chair and I'm going to be present and I just notice my mind starts going <laughs> because it doesn't want to see truth, right? It doesn't want to get to the core of who I am, my connection to God, my connection to my family, my mission here, what I want to do with you guys. Like it's vulnerable there and it feels super uncomfortable. So the more I do it, the more comfortable I get, the more truth I'm willing to tolerate in myself the more truth I can get to with my clients. And so this is worth your time to learn how to be present. And then what's cool is this becomes a microcosm for your life. The more present I can get very intentionally on being present, the more present I can be while I do dishes. When my, when my daughter's having an anxiety attack, when my husband and I need to have a hard conversation, I can be present instead of, because you know how in conversations or even in life, there's this like depth level and there's always this option to go a little deeper, to be a little bit more raw. A lot of us hang out on the surface because it feels safe there. This will allow you to get into deeper, deeper connections, deeper presence, um, like almost like a deeper respect for life, a deeper awe of life. This is what's waiting for you. And this to me is like the answer to both problems, both, both the problem of how do I achieve blank and how do I love my life now? It's this, it is nonlinear time. It is being present. All the answers that you want. I went on a little rant on my Instagram a few days ago about how most people need discernment more because even from, I'm, if I'm your business coach and I'm telling you something and it doesn't land with you, discernment is going to be how you know whether to take what I'm coaching you on or whether to do something different. And um, discernment is going to be, do I do this strategy or this strategy? I was actually just, um, coaching one of my private clients on how strategies like a glove and a hand, right? Like if strategy is the glove, the being, the presence is the hand that moves the glove, right? You can try on a bajillion gloves, but who are you being underneath? That's, that's what this conversation is about. And I think if you're willing to go there, which I know you're, you are because you're in my world, <laughs> you like want to look at this stuff and just by nature of your profession, I'm like looking at all your names and faces. Like, I know you want to do this work. I know you want a, another level of depth and presence with your relationships, with yourself, with your relationship with God, with your mission, with your clients. It's practiced. It's not, you don't just get given it like anything. It's like time and attention, right? And so even for me, all I can commit to is five minutes a day of sitting in this chair and practicing being really like acutely present. One of the things that I think you might notice is that there's certain parts of your life that you are present. For example, when I worked at this, um, I worked at a residential treatment center and there was a lot of crisis <laughs> there, like kids running away, kids trying to hurt themselves, kids trying to hurt other kids, kids trying to like, on the worst days, like cut themselves. It was really intense sometimes. And I got really good in crisis because in crisis, you're present. And some people dissociate. Some people get less present during crisis. I happen to be one of the people that like gets sharp when it, when there's crisis. So I always just knew what to do. There wasn't like really thinking it was instinct. It was intuition. It was just a deep knowing that can be, only be accessed in presence. And so sometimes when you have a decision to make for your business, like, should I launch this or this? Should I write an email or should I go live? Should I reach out to this person who's been on my mind and heart and invite her to a coaching session? Or should I wait for her to reach out to me? all this mind stuff, you already know what to do. Get present and it will be shown to you. And so I think that like anything, it's easy not to do. Actually, Lonnie, you and I were talking about this, like the things, there's things that are easy to do and there's e things that are easy not to do. And it's, it's so easy not to sit in your chair for five minutes and practice being present. It's so easy not to do it. It's easy to do. But the choice, the conscious choice of doing it is what's going to change your life. And so that's my invitation to you is to develop a practice of presence and then let it carry over. When someone's talking to you, really be there. What you'll notice is when you're really present, it's almost like you don't have anything to say because you're just like listening. You're not worried about what you're going to say back. You're not worried about what they think of you, whether they like your outfit or your hair. 
You're just with them. And that's a gift. And um, one of the things that I learned from Eckhart Tolle in both of his books, he has another book called The New Earth, is one of the best things I can give my kids is my presence, not my words, being really with them. When they ask me to snuggle on the couch or go on a walk, I'm not, I'm not just physically there. I'm spiritually and mentally there. I hope you guys can feel that for me today because like, that's how I feel with you guys when I coach. It's like, I'm here. I'm here. I'm invested with you. And that's a gift that we can extend to the world is presence and awareness. I think that that's what coaching in and of itself, if I had to sum up what coaching is, it's a general awareness of conscious living, of conscious choice. And so the more you practice it, the more well-versed you're going to be with your clients, the more you can spot it in your clients when they're not being present, the more of an example you will be, the deeper you can go. Um, That's what I got for you guys. So now I'm just going to open it up to questions or coaching concerns or whatever you guys need today. Um, and I know, like, I know it's always like an abrupt stop because I've, I've just been talking, but I do want to open it up. So as you're contemplating, if you're going to get coached or ask a question, like it doesn't have to be necessarily what I said or what I read, what came up in you. And even if you just want to share, I'd be, I'd love to hear whatever you want to share. Um, especially like when it, I'd be curious if you're brave, <laughs> what came up when I asked the questions that Gay Hendricks asked in his book, which is like, what do I need to take full ownership of? What am I trying to disown? Who's feeling brave? Who wants to ask a question? Doesn't have to be deeper around. It could be about anything, but go ahead. Uh, I, so those questions of taking ownership, um, I'm also thinking about the whole non-linear time concept in regards to coaching with my clients. So I have a girl, well, I've done a lot, I have a couple different offers, but I work with people for like three months or six months. And so I have this one client who's like, oh, I need to take a break, you know? And I have this, like if, if the whole concept of nonlinear time in regards to a coaching package Like, I believe you can get results in three months, but as I'm going, I feel like it's not enough. And so I want these people to continue, Mm -hmm. but they're, but like two clients in particular that I'm talking, that I'm thinking of are like, no, I'm good. Three months. It's, but it's like that time of like, they're just on the cusp of like getting these concepts and showing up and having hard conversations. And then they're like, well, my three months is up. Like, yeah. So I don't even know my question. I'm just like, I feel like there's something about like taking ownership of, well, they don't, they don't want to do the work. Like, I don't know what I'm asking. Yeah, I have my own experience with this, but before I share, I want to know what do you need to take ownership of? Like what came to your mind when that, when I asked that question? Yeah, like something to do with, I'm not, I'm not coaching them the way they need to be in order to get amazing results in three months when I think, yeah, I'll sell you three months because you want to spend less money or something. And so then they're like, yeah, I'll do it. But I'm like, but you should stay for nine months. Cause that would be better. Yeah. So I think it's something to do with that. So I had a very similar experience. I used to do a three month package. I don't offer them anymore for this reason, because I started realizing like the fourth time I'm like, I should not be offering. Yes. Yeah, so I only, like, I really should not be months. doing this. Mm-hmm. I only offer six or 12 months because I know what I offer it's like we get to so much that it has to have a length of time just because we do live in a physical world, which means space is required. Well, space means I need 12 sessions for over six months or whatever to fill what I need to fill with you. So one of the things I'm going to challenge you to do is what taking radical ownership might mean changing your containers so that one, you might have to let clients go because one of the things like I am not cheap. So when people commit to six or 12 months, it's a significant investment. That means I stopped mm-hmm. taking people who want to try it out. I stopped taking people who really weren't committed to what I do with people. And that was a, a risk. And I'm going to put it back on you. Are you willing to let go of the clients who are three-month clients and want to try it out? 
Well, I don't think I've been able to in the past. That's why I kept taking them. It's like, no, I want to work with this person or I want to serve this person or I love this person. But I think that I need to take ownership of that in just not say yes to, because I feel like that does have to do with a commitment. Yeah. More time is a heart is a bigger commitment. Yeah, it is. But the other thing is being creative. Cause this is where I started when I was going through this, I started developing other offers, like for people who aren't, weren't willing to work with me for six months or a year, what can I do with these people? I created pro coach and now I have the coaching matrix. <laughs> like I have people that mm-hmm. want to be in my world, but aren't ready to, for the commitment. I don't know if that's on your mind, but, um, yeah. or the other thing is keep the three months, but just be, take ownership of these results that it creates with your clients. How does that feel? What do you mean? Take Like, well, I'm like, okay, how do I take ownership of, I'm thinking of these two women in particular where they're like, I really just feel like they're like, well, well, Scott deeper than I well, like I don't want to talk about these things this is like yeah I want to work on my you know a goal or self-development or feel better but like I'm uncomfortable talking about they're the ones bringing up their marriage or their whatever and it's like yeah that's part of like your relationship with yourself that will come into your relationship with your husband yeah. or your kids or your mother-in-law and like it's worth talking about and they're like ooh, never mind yeah so I guess what I mean by ownership of is like, are you okay with those kinds of clients and those kinds of results? No, I don't think so. So then who do you need to become to make this shift that you're wanting to make? Yeah, I mean, I think I just, I I feel like I want to, I've been kind of like, I want to serve these people who really need it, who are stressed out and whatever, but also who are willing to stay in it for the long haul and pay more than like a typical coach you could find on the internet, you know? So I have to, I've been kind of straddling both. And I think I probably just need to go all the way in to say, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And what, Um, what survival mode anymore? Right. But so what negative are you avoiding that's, that's kind of attached to that decision? Well, probably just like not having new clients as like the same people right now. Like yeah. I'm just, I have to say no to some people. Yeah. So because one of the things that I learned and I, I'm so glad I heard Rich Litvin say this before I really made this leap when you become like a high ticket coach, you get told no more. That's part of the deal. And Mm -hmm. um, I'm glad he said that because I get told no, no, probably more than all of you guys. (laughs) I'm okay with it. Are you, are you, I feel like Abby, like what I'm getting from you is like, you're ready for that level. Yeah. And I don't think I have been in the past. I mean, I've tried to be, I've been like, yeah, I am. Not really. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I am. Not really. But I think I actually am. And so then getting like, this is where the presence comes in is like, sometimes you are going to feel rejected or frustrated because you're getting no's more now that you're, you know, only taking six month clients or whatever. But also I think there's this element of like, are you willing to let people go that, you know, you could help, but they're not willing to commit to six months. Yeah. And that's what I haven't been willing to do because I offer six months and they're like, Oh, that's a big time. And and I don't know. I'll try I'll try some. Do you have anything else? I'm like, well, we can start with. Okay. So I, this is so good, but think about the type of person that person is. I want to try it. I want to dabble by declaring what kind of coach, and this is good for all of you guys listening. Okay. When you declare, this is the kind of coach I am. I'm all in on this person that I want to help. Those people fall off. And you actually stop Mm -hmm. creating them because you start speaking to that woman who's like, oh no, I like when I get on a console, I want, I want expensive. I want, I want intense. (laughs) I want to be coached hard. And so I know what kind of client I am. I bet you're ready for this. Just this next iteration of clients who are like wanting the six months, wanting to do the deep work and want to do it with you. Well, and, and my husband was talking to a friend about this kind of just this similar conversation. And his friend was like, yeah, that's the thing. And they were talking about pricing and he's like, 
and he told, I think it was a story about Tiger Woods and his yeah. golf swing and something that like, well, when he hires someone, it's like, okay, you can work with me for a year. It's 50,000. You work with me for six months. It's a hundred. You work with me. If you want your, to perfect your stroke in a day, it's a million dollars. And it's like, is the, are the margins that different that it's actually more expensive, a shorter time instead of, you know, cause I'm like backwards. It's like cheaper for three months yes. than it is for six. Whereas it yes. might need to be flopped. Mm-hmm. So I've talked about him before, Steve Hardison. He's like the coach of Rich Lippin, coach of Steve Chandler. And I'm like in a Facebook group with him and it's so fun. And um, yeah. he has an offer that's like a be with session is 10 grand for two hours. Mm-hmm. And people will talk about that session. That's all they can afford. They can't work with him for a year, but they, the preparation, the commitment, it's not just the two hours. It's everything that has to happen for them to be there to pay $10,000 mm-hmm. hours. That is a transformation, but who does he have to be to facilitate that? Right. Like that it tells yeah, you exactly. And so that's, mm-hmm. I think that that's where your next move is. Abby is like, who is that version of you that holds powerful space that is okay being expensive because of the transformation that they go through to get into the room with you. Yeah. It's just, I feel like there's so many people that I love that I, you know, like, of course it does. I can love people without coaching them, (laughs) but like specifically one girl, um, like she was a good friend who Mm -hmm. we've been coaching and she's, it's been really great. And she's had so many wins, but it's, you know, up and down and it comes to three months and she's like, I think I need to, you know, she said something like, I think I need to money wise, you know, I need to take a break. And I'm like, and I was just thinking about, yeah, like if I'm thinking about spending money or not spending money going to the grocery store, like, yeah, for sure. It's cheaper to not go to the grocery store, but then like I have to eat. So like I end up spending more money eating out. Yeah. And so I don't know. I just think of coaching sometimes as this will help you show up in your life every which way better. Mm-hmm. if you want us, if you want anyway. Um, so yeah, I think it's just being willing to let people like take their own results for their life and me taking ownership of who I'm willing to work with. One time I was talking to someone and they're like, wow, you're expensive. And I was like, yeah, you don't have to work with me. <laughs> no one has to. Yeah. It's a, cho- it's a very conscious choice to do that. And it's, it can be painful, but what it did for me, and this is my invitation to you is like, it did force me to think, how can I serve people and love people who I'm not working with Mm one-on-one? My answer was group programs and things like that. But I also, it just elevated my love that I give to people around me in general. And that might be what you find that you you become a really good friend and you're not her coach. Mm -hmm. You're like a high quality friend. Maybe you're, you know, do you write emails? Like, how, do you create content? I know you're kind of off the grid. Yeah, I don't do anything. Okay. <laughs> so it'll be about your interpersonal relationships and like where mm-hmm. people are like, who are you? Because you're so loving and so high quality in your life that it's like high quality relationships, even higher quality coaching. Something to play with. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Thank you're you. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, who wants to come on next? Who is feeling it? What? I see your hand. (laughs) Okay, I was waiting to see if someone else. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I'm in my car getting ready to go on another flight. And so this is my private space today. But um, that was really awesome, Abby. I just, I don't know. All of this is so good. It's so good. But um, I have been working on um, my belief that I am creating eight clients this fall. So I shifted from um, believing that 10 clients, because I want to go to 10 clients in the winter. And then I, I was saying, well, I can do 10 clients next, next fall. And then I was like, well, if I can believe that, then I can believe it my eight clients this fall. So I actually, that's actually really um, coming along nicely, which is amazing. I've never, I don't know if I've ever spoken anything into existence like this. 
And so that's what I am working on. But here's my little hang up. And I think this, this comes into play with what you're talking about. Um, what was the word you use on those questions? Um, whatever your questions were that you just, that you just talked about. It kind of like something personal came up for me. Oh, what am I not taking ownership of? Mm -hmm. Something personal came up for me, but this is a question that's been on my mind that I feel myself bumping up against mm -hmm. that, that is kind of getting in the way of, of believing my, my goal. And it's this, this kind of good thing doesn't happen to me. Wow. And so like, I know good things happen to me and I'm actually kind of lumping it in with, with my husband, because like we had 27 years. And for those of, of you on the call, my husband passed away three years ago, but he was in a wheelchair. And so we had like a lot of hard things, but we also had a lot of good things. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, I'm still like this, this kind of good thing, this, this money thing, yeah. this creating this bigness because I, I am a high, high end client kind of coach. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about the money involved with the goal is it's like, well, this kind of good thing doesn't happen to us. Like he's not even here with me still. Interesting, but it's, and I'm still like, mm -hmm. and so that's what I'm bumping up against. And I was wondering if you, maybe you could help me with that. What's coming up for me is what would he say to that? He would be like, yes, it does. Like, <laughs> go for it. Like, yeah, that's what I feel too. Yeah, like when you talked about The Great Leap, I had an experience with that book actually where, where I felt myself like go up against the ceiling. Yes. And I, I even kind of broke through it because last year, you know, as a brand new coach, I actually produced more than my classmates and things like that. And I like went through the ceiling, but then like I shrunk back down. Like I could feel myself. Yeah. That's an upper limit. Out. That's totally. Yeah. I'll never forget. I watched a client. She made like $80,000 in a day doing what you're doing. Signing yeah. up to the client. And on our call, she bawled. I mean, she just, she had like a visceral reaction and you think it's going to be this like, I made 80 grand in a day. And she's like, <laughs> like shaking and like her body is like rejecting it. You could see the upper limit. So it's, it's real. You think you want, you yeah. want it. So what for you, what do you need to believe about yourself? Hmm. Well, it's interesting when you brought up my husband, his name is Jason. And during that moment, when I felt myself shrinking back, I had like this, this image of him like pushing me. Yeah. That's beautiful. I'm not sure. Ask me the question again. Or another one. I can't remember what it was. Okay. I asked you what you need to believe about you. I, I'm like, it's like when, when we think of upper limit, something good is trying to come in. And so like, I'm almost like, what would he want to be true for you? That's the belief that you need to say, I'm, this is, this is who I am. You know, it's like what he wants to be true for me is that I can create anything, any amount of wealth, any amount of clients, any amount of bigness. Well, he was, he was a dreamer and a motivator. And so of course he would, he would assume the best. Yeah. And he was the best at, at what he did in his life, you know? And so he would assume that the vet, the best is available. Yeah. And I don't know. I just feel myself like hitting that. Yes. I really think of that quote by Marion Williamson. It's like our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is scary. But what to you, what's scary about getting this? Like what's scary about getting what you want? I know it sounds silly, but what is it for you? It's not that I don't think I deserve it because I think we all deserve. Yeah. 
you know, good things. So it's not like, oh, I don't deserve it. I, that's not it at all. Um, it's not like, oh, I'm not worthy of it, or I'm not a good coach, or, you know, nothing, nothing like that mm -hmm. is coming in. I think it's, um, I, I just keep coming back to, well, this doesn't happen to me. This doesn't happen to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that is fear for sure mm -hmm. that who I feel. Does, who does it happen to? Yeah. That, well, I used to kind of think it happened to like the, the flashy people or the, the, you know, super charismatic people, but I don't believe that anymore. I mm -hmm. think it actually happens to a lot of just like regular old people yep. that <laughs> are offering awesome things and putting themselves out there and, and doing the work. And so even that has shifted quite a bit for me. Um, gosh, that is such a good question. Who does this happen for? Because I know it's like, well, then why not me? Mm -hmm. You know, but like, I still can't quite believe that, but I probably could. If I, if I sat with that question a little bit, of who does this happen for? Because I definitely think it's someone out there. Yeah. Would it happen for your clients? Yes. Yeah. I know. I know that about you. You believe, you believe in your clients. Yes. What's different? It's, it's someone away from me. Away from you. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like how I was talking about like believing in the future. Like I can believe I'll be a, a millionaire in the future, but condensing it down into the now I'm like, Oh no, no. <laughs> right. It's out there. It's not here, but what would you say to your son? Can it happen for everyone but him? No, of course it happened for <laughs> him. Even as a coach, I speak to him so much differently than I ever, you know, about money and about all of it. It's like, yeah, the money's out there. Just go find it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like, like you're creating this. You can do whatever. There's no scarcity. And the scarcity is only for myself. Yes. Why? Does that make sense? Like, oh yeah, and I'm, I'm like, like not for why? everybody else. Why? Why? <laughs> What's there? Very interesting. Mm. I think because there's just so much evidence. <laughs> I'm going to say there's so much evidence that it that that's what happened in our lives. But then the funny thing is. Like as a graphic designer in the craft industry, I actually made a ton of money yeah. and worked less than 20 hours a week. So like, that's not the evidence either. I mean, I have, I have evidence of both, Yeah, I guess is what I'm saying. I like, on the one hand, I was saying, well, look, my whole life, I just have been waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. The thing to go yeah. wrong. Yeah. I think that's what it is. I think that's probably what it is because not even when it comes to money necessarily, but our life together was very physically challenging and things went wrong all the time, yeah. all the time. And so it's like, yeah, I know things can go wrong. Yeah. So I think that's what it is. I'm like waiting for the other shoe to drop that yeah. we don't get the thing. Yeah. That's an upper limit problem. And this is so good to shine a light on it. Is it true? It feels pretty true, but now that we've identified it, I probably can shift it. It, it feels pretty true right now. I don't, I know it's not true. Mm -hmm but it does feel true. But I think if I work on that a little bit, now that, now that I've said it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, shine the light on it. Mm -hmm. 
I might, I, I think I can, I think I can start to shift it. Are you familiar with the ultimate success formula or mantra, no. mantra in the book? It says, I expand in abundance, success, and love every day as I inspire those around me to do the same. One of the things that I think might be helpful for you is to put it back on other people. I think that's a really helpful thing for you specifically, but a lot of people are like this. Like as you sign all these clients and make all this money, everyone around you is going to be elevated, including your son, including your good name, you know, just people who know you, just your whole circle of influence will get better. Your clients will get better. So what if it's like, what if the opposite is actually true? What if when things go good for you, things go great around you too? Yeah. It's a belief. It's practiced. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that you're, that you're fighting against, Colette, is that you have a history of this, of that, what you just said being true. Like when things get good, things also get hard. When things went well, it was really hard physically or things were hard, whatever. Like you, you always had both. And so you were looking to the past for what's available in the future. And it's almost like you got to make peace with that so you can create the kind of future separate from the past. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm going to go back and listen to this and write it down. I think I can, I think I can do something with this. I think you can. I think that this might be just the work you do as you Mm -hmm. get ready to sign all these clients at once. It's weird because I need to believe it and it's not. <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. It's just so it, like upper limits to me are so weird. Like you think you just would love to sign all these clients and make all this money. Like of course I want it. And then it's like the deeper you go, you realize how much resistance you actually have. Yeah. Or like the yeah, other I think you're right about that. Uh huh. Yeah, because I actually am shifting my belief that that I can create. I'm like settling into that mm-hmm. so much. And I, I feel that within myself and even the way that I'm writing about it and the way that I'm thinking about it, I can just feel myself shifting in that. But it's like this one area. But I, I'm glad that you connected those two because I understand the upper limit concept. And so putting it into that space, I feel like is, is really helpful. And it's not like a separate thing that I'm trying to deal with, but it's, it's the same idea that I've already been working on for the last year. Yeah. This you know, is like hitting that, that upper limit. Yes. So this is something that helped me is like bad things happen in life, but it's not connected to my success. I can be successful and have bad things, but it's not that my success caused the bad things to happen. That was huge for me. That separation, right? Hard things happen. That's part of our mortality. I signed up for that. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that like if you sign eight clients in fall, something bad has to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not connected. Great things get to happen, period. And sometimes bad things happen, period. Not related. Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah. I believe that. And I'm not sure if I think that the eight clients will create the bad thing. It's more of like, well, that can't happen. No matter how much I believe it, because good things don't happen like this. This kind of good thing doesn't happen. And but hasn't so, it already happened? Yeah, it has. Yeah. Like you've already created mm-hmm. pretty cool, pretty cool success. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's like, can it happen twice? Can it happen over and over? Can this just be your life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like this. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Colette. Thanks for getting coached. Being brave. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Okay. All right. Any final questions before I close the call? Last, last minute things. Okay. You guys are awesome. Thank you for showing up today. Go be present. Go take this into your life and see the miracles happen. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Coaching Matrix private podcast. I just wanted to tell you, thank you for being a member. Thank you for being here. I hope you found today's episode helpful for your life and for your business. And I want you to know that I am cheering you on and I will see you in another episode.